Well, we're having another uh, Academy webinar, the 5D Academy webinar. And uh, I'm glad you're all here. I'm broadcasting from Los Angeles. Um, <clears throat> it's a nice sunny day here. Uh, hopefully it won't get too hot. And um, today topic, we're going to talk about um, if there, you can be more spiritual or less spiritual than other people. So I think that that's a good topic to talk about because I was thinking around the similar uh, topic uh, a few days ago. And um, it's good that one, one of our participants brought it up and uh, put it in this context. So we're gonna get into that. Let's say you join a group, whatever it is, you, you go into <clears throat> uh, joining a spiritual group. Now, it could be any spiritual group. There's thousands of different uh, teachers, gurus, uh, their followers, and um, they may be wearing different kind of costumes. Like back in the day, if when Osho was alive, and if you were a follower of Osho, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, in India, and uh, everyone was wearing red or um, a maroon. Uh, they were wearing these malas. Uh, there are different gurus in India that their followers are wearing like maybe white or, uh, you know, they're the Sikhs that are wearing the turbans. So different teachers, uh, different uh, philosophy, spirituality, and different costumes. Um, so you you go, you know, there's all kinds of things, different cults, sexual cor, uh, cults that sex is very open or cults that uh, sex is forbidden, cults that everyone has to be vegetarian or, or not. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different things out there. So what happens typically is that you become the followers of someone, some guru, some teacher. And what happens is since you're a part of this group and there is this attitude is being developed that anyone who's the follower of Sri Baba, whomever, I'm just using a name. This is just merely for uh, usage of a uh, example of of some teacher, some guru, and so what happens is there is a sort of a pride that you're proud that you're part of this group, and your group is more spiritual than other groups or other people. That mentality starts being built. And uh, a lot of times, maybe if it's not a fully realized, fully enlightened teacher, which is completely free, they feed off of that and they kind of add fuel to the fire that we are more spiritual. Our method, our way of practicing spirituality is more advanced in comparison to other spiritual groups or other, other people. And you can see that with religion. Every religion 
is promoting itself and proclaiming that they have found God and their way of reaching God and the spiritual practice is more advanced than other religions. I mean, this is nothing new. And we, in our history of human, uh, of mankind, there is thousands of different incidences that there have been religious wars. Nations have gone into war with each other. Millions of people have been killed or dismembered because of their religious ideology. You know, our, our history, I don't care which country you're coming from and what is your background. If you look back, your history is full of different kind of religious wars or ideal, ideology, ideology wars. You know, communism versus national socialism or capitalism or whatever it is, or Christianity against Islam or Judaism and uh, Muslims or, or different kind of groups of Christians. You know, if you're a Protestant versus Catholic, you know, there's all kinds of different stories than one group perceives themselves as more spiritual than the other group. <clears throat> so, and that's in that level, that level of religions. But what I've also personally seen, uh, because my path originally started it uh, on, on this particular um, way of practicing spirituality, was that I came across Osho, Osho, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. And this is long time ago in late 80s. And this happened through meeting my best friend, uh, Ernie, who happened to be one of my first gurus, teachers, uh, and brother. And this friendship and love affair between me and him started it from like from 89. Uh, and he passed away in 2014. And this love affair is still there. I still love him. He's my brother. And he will be my brother till my last breath. And hopefully beyond. And he introduced me to Rajneesh. Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. And I got introduced to... Which he changed his name to Osho. So Osho Rajneesh was giving sannyas. He was initiating his followers to become Osho Sannyasins. So I became an Osho Sannyasin. I took initiation and through a ceremony, I became an Osho Sannyasin. I became a follower of Osho or a disciple. I surrendered to the master. But what happened was then Osho died. And so I was looking for a living master. And I came across Papaji, Punjaji, who was teaching Advaita Vedanta. So then I became Papaji's follower, disciple. But what I recognized, I realized during the time of the heydays of Osho Sannyasins, which I was one of them, that there was this attitude. There was this attitude that only Osho Sannyasins are highly evolved and conscious, and the rest of people, they're not as conscious. They're, they're below, below us. 
we're the most conscious beings. And this is just an example. It's not just with Osho Sannyasins. I've seen this and I still see it up to now with many, many different spiritual groups. I don't care who you're following. If you're following uh, Tony Robbins or you're following Joe Dispenza or you're following Eckhart Tolle or or, um, uh, Muji or Guru, you know, Swami Nityananda in India, uh, it doesn't matter who you're following, who you're with. People who gravitate to one teacher or, or a guru, they start having this attitude that our cult, our group, is more conscious than other people. And that's a trap. You have to be very, very careful. You got to be very, very aware not to fall into that trap. Because the moment that you go into this place that you think your group, your way of thinking, your spirituality is better or more conscious than others, then you have fallen into this trap that there is no oneness. There is you and your group and there's others. So that's an indication of the fact that you haven't come to awakening yet because you're perceiving the world as there are others. And there are no others. There are no other groups. There's no other people and there's no other persons. They just don't exist. It's only one. It's only one. They appear to exist. They appear to be different. Yes, in the world of appearance, there's others. There's 7 billion people in the world of appearance. What it appears to be, there's other people. You know, there's the communist China. There's Russia. There is the Hezbollah. There is Israel. There is Argentina. There's the US. There's this. There's that. There's the Muslims. There's the Jews. It appears to be that way. It looks like it. But in absolute reality, when you go deeper in a higher level of consciousness, there is, there is only one, one being that appears to be many. So anytime, if you fall into this place that you think that your spiritual practice is supreme to other people or your group, maybe your spiritual practice, it is superior. Okay, I take it back. But if you think you're, if you think the group that you belong to is better or worse, just know in that very moment you are in a trap. It's this one of those spiritual booby traps that you fell into because it's feeding your ego and it's creating separation. You have lost being humble and your ego is saying that I'm better. In absolute reality, at the highest level of spirituality, whether you, let's say, you're a total redneck and you live in the middle of, I don't know, Wyoming or Timbuktu, you're driving a truck with a shotgun and a big American flag attached to your, you know, the back window of your truck and you hate ethnic groups or what you do is you're you driving into the middle of nowhere and you pull out your shotgun and you're shooting like stop signs or street signs or you're shooting the birds or you're shooting animals and 
you know, yeah, America, America. Yeah, we're the best, we're the baddest. We kick everybody's ass. So, you know, whether you're a total redneck or you're completely an Islamic fanatic or you're a Jewish fanatic or you're totally Chinese communist, whatever, let's say you're, or you're totally into corporations, you know, you have this total American capitalist mentality that fuck other people, fuck environment. It's all about profit. We just want to make as much money as we can. We don't give a damn about dumping a lot of chemicals in the rivers, destroying the environment. It's all about making more money. Forget about our employees. Let's just abuse them as much as possible. Give them very little holiday break. Give them not much money. Let's just focus on making more money, more money. Let's kill all the animals or just be crude and violent with the animal kingdom, um, abusing the land, pesticizing, herbicizing, putting chemicals into food and everything. So it's all about profit. Let's say that's your mentality. That's who you are, which is a big portion of the planet that we live on is very unconscious. And it's all about me, 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 whatever I can get. And I don't give a damn about anybody else. Who cares? There's homeless people living on the street. I live in a big mansion in Beverly Hills, and I don't give a damn about other people. The world is full of that. Let's say that's your mentality. That's where you are. Or you have this mentality of screw anyone whose skin is dark, you know, the white supremacy. You know, that's the ultimate. And uh, let's get rid of all ethnics, uh, races. We're the supreme. Let's say you have this kind of mentality, right? So is that person less spiritual than you and I of what we're doing? We're working right now on ourselves in order to discover God inside ourselves, in order to find happiness and peace within ourselves. And hopefully in that discovery of finding peace within ourselves, we uh, awaken and we get everything we want. Because ultimately when you're looking for peace within yourself, you still want something. You're looking for something, all right? And let's say on this path of spiritual awakening, you become sensitive to other people too. You become you have empathy for them. Uh, you're aware of the environment. You don't want to destroy the environment. Um, you become conscious of it. So we're evolving into a higher level of consciousness now. So we appear to be more spiritual than the redneck driving with you know the truck with the shotgun and hates anyone who's not white. So we're more spiritual, right? We're more conscious, correct? Yes? No? No one's answering me? No? Don't be afraid. I'm not going to beat you up. Yes. In one level, yes, we're, we're more conscious and we're becoming spiritual, if you call it spirituality. But in the higher level of consciousness, it depends where you're at. None of these two people, 
the the unconscious one the the fanatic and the very conscious one who's working at itself in in a higher level of spirituality there is no difference between them they're all expressions of god they're all an imagination of of the absolute they're all the way absolute is expressing itself in that way so you arrive to a place that you see that that the dude who is a total asshole or very prejudiced or racist you realize that their essence is exactly the same of your own essence they're all made out of the same thing but their expression are different their function that guy's function is to be a racist and your function is to be who you are in its essence they're all the same i want you to think about it and contemplate about this and see if you get it in the essence in the very essence nothing is more spiritual than anything else a little like bug or a cockroach as much as nobody really likes cockroaches you know cockroaches we all want to kill them because they weird us out a cockroach or an ant or a little bug or a mosquito is the same as the buddha is the same as jesus they carry the living spirit of her majesty the supreme in both of them it's the same spirit operating within this physical body it's the same spirit the nazis during the second world war they did very evil stuff a lot of dark stuff happened in second world war but they were being run by the same spirit that runs you and i so in the essence it's all the same in the depth of it so you want to remember that and never go into this place thinking you're better than than other beings because it's the ego comes and says you're better it's an ego trip i'm more spiritual i'm more evolved in comparison to others but so that's in one level in other levels yes in other levels yes you have become more evolved because the self awakening mechanism is awakened it's been turned on in you so now you're becoming self aware we're starting to become aware and awake and hopefully as we're this awakening happening we will evolve and rise above what we used to be slowly slowly you rise above what you used to be you and that's like where frederick nietzsche in uh, das spek zarathustra is talking about the birth of superman osho talks about it too that man has to die in order for superman to be born it's through death of the man so the old self is left behind and it evolves its consciousness is awareness starts to shift last night i was talking to one of my friends about some things and i shared with my friend that the first spiritual book 
that I got from Osho was, I don't exactly remember the title of it, but it's something was the way of the heart or transformation from the head to the heart, something like that. So I remember I opened up this book and the first page, empty page with one sentence in it. And the sentence was, I am all there is beautiful. I am all there is ugly. I am total. I am all there is beautiful. I am all there is ugly. I am total. And when I read this, you know, I literally felt like somebody punched me in my third eye. It's like somebody hit me. And I fell, I fell on my bed, standing with the book in front of my bed, and I fell. And it was like, how could a spiritual being as high as Osho is saying, I'm all there is beautiful and I'm all there is ugly. At that time, I didn't realize it. Years after, now I start to see because I can see my light and I can also see I carry darkness in me. I see my light and I see my darkness. They're both here. They're both are here. And in order to evolve and go to the next level of consciousness, you have to come to the understanding of your darkness too. You have to acknowledge your darkness. You have to recognize it. You have to recognize everything is ugly about you. Your greed, your anger, your hate, your addictive, destructive behaviors. You need to see them. It doesn't mean you're going to correct them, but you need to see your own darkness and admit it to yourself that you also carry darkness. Only then you have an opportunity to rise above both light and darkness, to rise above good and bad. Otherwise, you don't have a chance to rise above it because you start putting out the light, how spiritual I am, how great I am, how meditative I am. You know, you're saying all the good words, all the good things. Maybe you have a big following that they're following you, but you haven't evolved. You haven't gone beyond your darkness. Your darkness is there and it's going to catch up with you. It's going to catch you. And that's what it's called falling off the grace. So many gurus, so many teachers, spiritual beings, they fell off the grace. They claim to be celibate. They claim to not be attached. And then stories come that, you know, they've been abusing female or male follow followers or, you know, having sex or blah, 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 or they laundered money or they stole money or whatever, they fall off the grace because they never admitted their own darkness. They pretended that they're all light. It doesn't work that way. And then the saints that we follow are saints, whatever, whomever is a saint. Give me a name of a saint. Who do you think is a saint? The saints that we follow, they have the rules that you can never reach. Because in order to reach the level of a saint, you cannot be a human anymore. You have to be unhuman. Whatever ideas we have of our saints, let's say Jesus or Saint Germain or whomever that you, you think portraying as a saint, saintly, they never lie, 
they never have sex, they're celibate, they don't drink alcohol, maybe they're vegetarian, they're completely non-attached, they never get angry, they never get jealous, they never da 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 da. So these standards that are created for a saint, you can never match it. It's impossible because you cannot be a human. Human wants whatever. Yeah, maybe it's evening time. You want a glass of wine, and then you want to have a you want to have a cigarette with it. Maybe you want to go watch some porn and masturbate after that. That's not saintly. Saints do that. Don't do that. Maybe you want to imagine having sex. You're in your imagination with your best friend's wife or husband, and you have a crush on on them. And in your imagination, sometimes you have sex with them. Saints don't do that. That's a taboo. You can't think about your best friend's wife or husband. You're you have not evolved. You're you're low. Oh, you're drinking, or you're hooked on some kind of drugs. A lot of people are hooked on drugs, whether it's coffee or sugar. Those are drugs, or I don't know, whatever pills you need to take that you take. I had a friend of a friend who was hooked on um, uh, what was it? Um, cough medication, cough syrups. She liked to drink the cough syrup, and she would get high from it, and she would have a couple shots of whiskey, and she partied with that. That was her thing. So the more saints, the, the more dead they are, the, the further distant they are, the higher they are, and the less attainable they are by you. Because any human desire is unsaintly. So you can never catch them because you have desires. You want to have sex. You want to have drink. You want to eat meat or pizza. You want to drive a fast car. You want to do a lot of things. Maybe you want to do drugs. Maybe you want to whatever you want to do. Maybe you want to have sex with three men or three women. That's how you get up. Those are your human traits. And what happened is they've been tabooed. It's like you're not spiritual because you're human. So you don't have a choice. You never have a chance to reach the level of a saint because you have human desires. Look back, look at the monasteries, look at all these monks that they have to give up their human desires, inclinations in order to reach God. And all this guilt and shame, especially if you come a little bit of a religious background. If you're a Christian, for example, you already, from the time you were born, you're a sinner. You Just by being born, you're a sinner. Now you have to work your way up to Jesus. And look what happens to you when your very innate desire, the very force that creates, this is a good juicy topic. I need to talk about this fully about it another time. This part is, look what has happened to us. Every time you... From childhood, you have sexual thoughts. It's followed by guilt because sex is dirty. Sex is a sin. This is what we've been told from childhood. It's an implant. I remember I was 12, 13 years old. Stories I hear, oh yeah, 
if you masturbate, you're gonna get blind. If you masturbate, you're gonna you're you're gonna drain the fluid from your spine and you can become paralyzed. So already like masturbation was or God, you know, you go to hell. And what happens when you're 13, 14? Your sexual juices are really flowing. All you want to do is all you think about is having sex. And how do human beings are being produced on this planet? Can somebody tell me how humans are being produced? Do they, is this a machine that producing them? You take them to a printing shop and print them? They're, they're happening through sex, having sex, and a new human being is being born. And look how much joy your baby gives you. Look how much joy comes into a family when there's a newborn baby. How could that be dirty? An act that is going to have creation in it, that's dirty. But it's okay for a corporation such as Catholic Church or whatever. It's okay for them to give you a lot of guilt trips, shame. That's not a problem. That's fine. But if you're just following your innate, innate, uh, in, your intuition, or you're following your human desires, then you're shameful. I hope we got something from this topic. I hope something clicked for us to understand more about the fact that everything on this planet and in this universe is spiritual. Everything. Because it's all made of God. It's all made of Her Majesty. Every single object, every thought, everything that you see, experience, taste, eat, smell, breathe, whatever, is that. Everything is spiritual. Equally, its expression is different. It may have a spiritual expression or it may have a very unconscious expression. Like what is happening here on this planet? Is this a sleepy planet? Yes, it is a sleepy planet. Are we doing a lot of screwed up stuff on this planet and mean things to each other? Yes, we do. Uh, Elijah, yes, go ahead. Yeah, um, I have a question because um, I've been working with uh, a woman. Uh, can you talk right? a little bit louder? And, uh, can, can, Elijah, can you speak a little louder? I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, you got to talk a little louder. I, for some reason, I don't know my speaker. Something's wrong with my computer. I don't hear very well. So, Okay. Yeah, I have been working with a woman and she has been uh, sexually abused as a child. And uh -huh. <clears throat> she didn't tell this in the beginning. It, like, it comes up now. Right, but okay. uh, her father was like uh, really abusive, and uh, like when she was little, he used to burn uh, her with cigarettes when she didn't do as yeah. he wanted, and her godfather also did really strange things. Right, and we haven't uh, got into any details yet, but yeah, um, <clears throat> like. Um, She's she's really aware and she's done a lot of uh, spiritual work. So uh -huh. also she understands that like that's like uh, the script she came here with. And somehow uh, she's also sending out these signals and 
she understands it in a way, but still she's like uh, kind of dealing with the, all these uh, traumas. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe you can put some light on it, uh, how to deal with it. Um, huh? Okay. So yeah, I mean, specific, so I understand what is, is that a question or? Yes, it's a, it is a question because for me, it's like, uh, for me, it's kind of an uh, extreme situation uh, to work with someone who's been uh, through right. something like that, right? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So it depends where they're at in their spirituality. If they can recognize, I mean, first of all, yes, from this human aspect, that's very screwed up. That, and I heard that before, like moms or dads been burning kids with cigarettes, you know. Uh, and punishing him. I mean, there is all kinds of screwed up stuff happens on this planet and has happened and is happening now of abuses, traumas that are happening to human beings are doing it to each other. Yeah, it is a planet of sleepy people. And it's very, very sad. But, but in the meantime, this planet it's the platform that allows you to evolve to a higher level of consciousness by entering into this dimension, the dimension of duality. And there is equal beauty versus the ugliness that exists on this planet. They're both existing simultaneously because it's the third dimension. It's the dimension of the two opposites. You cannot have one without the other. The more beauty and love you're going to experience here, the more the equal of it exists, the dark and hate. They both simultaneously existing here, equally existing. So when we sign up to come into this planet, whether we choose or we don't, or it's chosen or whatever is the story, that's a different topic. And we enter into this planet, we are, it's like they're handing you out a script by the Ishwara, the boss. And it's like, this is, you're going to go through these experiences in this life. These are what you need to learn in this life. And we go to our experience. So the more evolved you become, the more you realize you get to a point that you're no longer a victim your consciousness shifts, you realize the traumas that have happened to you. And yes, you're affected by it. They're somewhere in your memory and there's somewhere in the cellular memory that you, they will affect your life for the rest of your life. You're going to be affected by those traumas. But also in the meantime, you realize that you are not a victim and you were not a victim. This was a contract you had with your mom or your dad. So you're going to be born in this abusive family and your mom is going to be burning you with cigarette. But, but eventually you're going to evolve and grow, evolve above it. And you come to compassion and forgiveness. 
So this is your way. This is your path, the steps that you have to go through in order to reach a higher level of consciousness. And I don't know where this lady is, but eventually, maybe this life, maybe next life, maybe at the end of this life, I don't know. Eventually, she will arrive at a place that there is total forgiveness. She sees the pain of her parents or unconsciousness or the abuse they went through. She realizes that and she sees that it was a part of herself doing that. And then she forgives them. And she can move beyond. Yeah, com coming to this uh, place where there's not even anything to forgive. Yeah, you go beyond that. Now, no. can you tell that to everybody? No. Can every is everyone ready for that? No. They have to get to that place. Yeah, but it, it feels like it feels like she is uh, ready for it somehow. But still, uh, it is like it's. It's like, uh, um, it feels like she's ready for it, but at the same time, it is like uh, it gets attached to her. It's like like the the memories and the thoughts uh, are like yeah. coming back and get attached right. again. Right, yeah, yeah. But she is freeing herself more and more. Yeah. Right, cool. Okay, right. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Great, that was a good good thing to bring up. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody has any comments or anything regarding our topic? You have any questions, comments? I want to thank you for your honesty when you're sharing about yourself and your experiences and stuff. Yeah. 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 You're welcome. Yeah, you got to be careful because it's very easy to fall into this trap of my spirituality is better than yours. I mean, the spiritual world is full of ignorant people. People get trapped into it. And a lot of times they get trapped with the appearance. Oh, you don't look spiritual or you are not vegetarian or you're not vegan or you, or you, don't, you, or you are vegan or whatever it is. You have to be careful about that or this thing that is happening today in our spiritual community, right? Is that's another trap too. You have to be aware of it. It's really good to become conscious and say, okay, I want to eat organic food. I don't want to be eating this food that, you know, it's got all these junk and, and chemicals in it. That's great. I understand. But not that it becomes a religion. Not that it becomes like your focal point that, oh, uh, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to eat this because it's not organic. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to eat this or I'm not going to be, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, be, well, we're going to the beach. Oh, I'm not going to stay at this part of the beach because there is a 5G tower, cellular towers over there. And, you know, yeah, I understand. You it, it's you get affected by it and it's toxic. I get it. But you can't lose your focus and get really obsessed by the world of objects. Now eating pure becomes your religion. And if you're not eating pure, then 
all hell is going to break loose. You can't lose your focus on the main target. What's the target? What's the main thing that you need to be focused on versus in modern spirituality where your, your attention goes to? We're not talking about being unconscious, sleepy, and ignorant like what it used to be. Yes, it's good you're aware of what you eat and the chemicals and the chemicals in the air and electromagnetic waves through cell phones and cell phone towers and that, that, that. But that cannot become your focal point of your attention because now you are focused on objects and you, you, you miss the point. It's like Jesus goes into this, the market and in Jerusalem or wherever he went and he started smashing. I mean, this is the tale. I don't know if it happened or not, but I'm just going based on what I've heard because I wasn't there 2,000 years ago to verify it or not. But we're going based on this stories whether they're true or not which i don't i have no way of knowing it you know but it's written in bible or it's written in some scriptures this is what happened okay so we go with the narrative so jesus goes to the market and he starts smashing all the statues of the gods that are being worshipped destroying all the statues so now there's the theory or the belief that don't worship statues because God is not in a statue. God is here, is in your heart, right? So worshiping the church, worshiping the mosque or this or going, you know, going to Makkah, worshiping a building, whatever it is. But it's the same thing is today that thousands of people are worshiping their own bodies. Like, you know, if you're a bodybuilder or if you're, you want to keep your model figure and you're continuously worrying about, okay, I need to make sure I do Botox. I need to make sure I look like this. So I'm going to go do some liposuction or I'm just going to, you know, do this, do that. And all your focus all the time is that you maintain this beautiful figure, which there's nothing wrong with it. It's nice to have a nice figure and look beautiful. Don't take me wrong. But then that becomes your object of worship. You're worshiping your body. And if something's wrong with it, you're completely insecure and miserable because you got a little zit on your face or. I don't know, your eyebrow is not standing the way it should. Now you need to go laser it. And that becomes your focal point. And you're miserable when the body is not exactly the way you want it to be. And you can see it, you know, like today, you know, with young 18, 19 year old girls, you know, doing Botox and that, that's things like, you know, or injecting stuff in their lips. And they're beautiful. There's nothing wrong with them. And all of a sudden, the thing didn't go right. So the lip is, doesn't look good anymore. I mean, this was a beautiful 18, 19-year-old girl. She didn't have to do anything. And now she screwed up her face. And that's going to be there forever. So what happens is your body becomes your, your idol. And now you're worshiping your own body. You're worshiping an object. 
again, I'm not talking, don't take me wrong. I don't want you to come back and say, Zarathustra, oh, you're is promoting that you shouldn't be taking care of your looks or your body or looking good or feeling good. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your attention goes away, your focal point from becoming liberated, you becoming free has gone focused on an object. You're worshiping an object. There's no difference. It's the same thing. You're, you're fallen into a trap. I, I like to be free. My dedication is to freedom. But the, the true freedom is an inner freedom to free myself from ideas of how I should be and how I shouldn't be, to free myself from guilt, from shame, from the fact that I have desires. I'm, I'm human and I have desires. That's a part of being human. That's your experience on this planet. But saints don't have desires. Highly evolved, enlightened masters have gone beyond all human desires. Fine. I don't care. I don't care if one living being in every thousand years or 500 years has gone beyond human desires. I don't give a shit. I'm happy with myself. I have desires. Yeah, I like to have my drink. Yeah, every once in a while I want to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, I want to go out dancing till five in the morning. Yeah, I would like to have sex. Yeah, I like to drive a fast car. I don't care if it's godly or not. I'm happy with myself. But in the meantime, I don't allow it to rule me. Ruling me, then it's a different story. It becomes the object that keeps you in bondage. No, but it's a human experience. I'm in this human body. I am meant to be here to experience both pain and pleasure. There's no way out of it. I'm bound to experience both. Sometimes in this experience, you're going to have your heart broken, and sometimes you're going to break hearts. Sometimes you gain, and sometimes you lose in your life. That's a part of your experience. Free yourself from ideas. The more you free yourself from ideas, whatever they are, the more light you become, the higher you start going because you're freeing yourself from do's and don'ts and ideas that you are more spiritual or you're less spiritual or you're not really comparing yourself to an idea of spirituality you have. And if you're not meeting that level, then you're, you're not good enough. You have, you have to go beyond that. You have to free yourself by accepting yourself for the way you are with your dark and with your light. Meet that. See it in yourself. Acknowledge it. Then you have a chance to go beyond that. Otherwise, you're stuck. You're a prisoner. And it doesn't matter how many spiritual jumping jacks you do and you eat completely organic and you don't use cell phones and da 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 and everything in your home is made out of hemp and everything you do is spiritual. You're, you're in a prison. You're, you're, you're not even aware of it. You're in another prison. You're not going anywhere. You're just going around the loop. Some of the biggest egos I have encountered are egos around a living master the disciples of a living master. Some of, 
some of the biggest power games, ugliest things that happen is spiritual people around a living master or spiritual people, because you get this idea that you're better. You're more evolved than other people because I'm eating organic and I'm really aware of cell phone towers. And I, I, you know, I'm aware of the conspiracy stuff and da, 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 da. And I meditate. And so I'm better. I'm better than other people. You, but you haven't looked inside your own darkness. You're just focused on the objects that make you better. But what about your darkness? Have you acknowledged your darkness? Do you know you have Hitler in you? Do you know how much hate you have inside you? Do you know how much shame you have inside you? Anger inside you? They're all in you. Every dark and ugly things on this planet is in you. And everything light and beautiful is in you. You carry both because you are all of it. It's your own self because there is nobody else here. There is only one. Julie, do you have, you have, you brought a very good topic. You brought up a very good topic. Thank you. You have any questions for me? I, I hope I was able to answer uh, or um, talk about what you really wanted to hear. Yes. Um, yeah. In a very um, predominant way, this is what I um, wanted you to address. And then there's all these other um, branches from it, such as, you know, why is it that, you know, certain gurus can manifest things out of thin air? Why is it, um, you know, that people can, can do all these things and, and other people cannot? Um, and, and that's what we, you know, we have looked at as, as a higher level of spirituality. Right. Um, and then yeah. why do these rules exist? Why, why did they exist to begin with? Why, why was celibacy a thing? Why is vegetarian a thing? You know, so, yeah. so, so you've, you know, you've addressed the core of it and then there's these other branches, but is it necessary to um, go into that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's necessarily when it's happening for you and it's, draw, it's pulling you in, is that your reality in the moment and you got to do it. And, uh, but you grow out of every phase in your life. You, something is super important. And if you look at it five years after, 10 years after, it's not important anymore. But in a moment, it's very real. And obviously it's important because it's happening. And then you just move on. Why is it like this or why is it like that? Yeah, that's why, why is the creator of this universe has to create a child being born, an innocent child in an abusive family, and the mom is putting, putting out the cigarette butts. I mean, you, can, you can't even imagine that doing it with your child. The thought comes, if you, you can't even think of that because you have so much love for your child. How could you ever hurt a being like that? But there are people doing it. So why would God allow that? There's a lot of different things on this planet that is happening, good or bad, especially bad stuff, that we do ask the question, why? Why is a child being born blind or 
or paralyzed or being born in a very poor family. Or why is a child is being born in a very wealthy family and they have everything for, for the kid? The only way I can explain that is my explanation, which again, uh, bear in mind any kind of explanation, any kind, holy or unholy, satisfactory or not, is merely a concept, merely an idea. So my explanation, my understanding, and that's the only thing I can refer to, is what I came to understand. And of course, my teacher played a big role in it because I didn't know. Prior to coming across Master Punjaji, I was viewing life as a duality, a dual life, opposites. And part of me was like, I thought I'm on this mission, come to this planet to save humanity. But one day I will enlighten humans to and and root out the evil and the dark. It was part of what I thought I'm supposed to be doing until coming across the teacher, the guru, and I realized there is no others. It's all that. All of it is the expression of the absolute. The infinite wants to experience being born as a child, being born as a mother who's abusive and experiencing that, and also being born as a mother and a child which is very loving and caring for each other. All, both of them simultaneously are being experienced in this dimension. Zarathustra, I want to ask you a question about um, the name of this class itself, the 5D Academy. In okay. your perspective, what makes 5D? Right. The, um, in 2009, what happened in, in a period of six months, uh, I started hearing voices in, in my head, in my ear. And uh, at first, there were, I could hear like something in a very subtle way would say healing. I keep hearing healing, healing. So finally, I go, okay, healing. And then what do you want me to do? Go make this card. Go make a business card. Whisper. Okay, I go, all right. I keep hearing it. And it, after a while, it's bugging me. You know, I'm starting to get annoyed. It's like, okay, go make a business card. What do I write on it? And then it says quantum, quantum healing. What the hell is quantum healing? And then it says fifth dimensional quantum healing. And I'm like, okay, I... I go online and I put fifth dimensional quantum healing and it doesn't exist. Quantum healing did exist. Some gentleman created quantum healing, but 5D quantum healing did not exist. I go, well, there is no fifth dimensional quantum healing. First of all, I didn't even know what fifth dimension was. So I had to research learning about fifth dimension. I have to research about quantum. You know, I had healing abilities, but these healing abilities would come and go. The energy wasn't there. It wasn't consistent. So, you know, sometimes there was there and so a lot of times it wasn't there. But now it's increasing. So I'm like, what the hell is five, fifth dimensional quantum healing? It's not there. They say, yeah, we know it's not there because you're going to create it. 
So anyway, finally I gave into it and I started to create a business card, Fifth Dimensional Quantum Healing. And that was the birth of this venture of being contacted by these beings, entities, identifying themselves as my fifth dimensional guides. And then um, it's a long story, but uh, I, I was living in this loft in Venice Beach. And uh, what happened was they took over my psyche. They, they just completely took over for three weeks. For a period of three weeks, the only parts I remember was I'm lying down on my bed in this loft and I'm not awake and I'm not asleep, but there's like downloads. There's information being downloaded. There's the brain is processing information and information coming co continuously for three weeks. I have no idea how I took care of my bodily functions. I have no idea how I ate, but I went to the bathroom. If I showered, I, I have no re recollection of any of it. Somehow, whatever had taken over was taking care of other functions too. And at the end of the three weeks, my hands turned into these high-frequency transmitters, and I was able to transmit healing energy information to other people or be able to do psychic surgery uh, third eye activation, uh, a lot of different abilities that I didn't have in that extent. I had some of them, but they weren't that powerful. So all of a sudden, I'm able to do these kind of things or put my hand on someone's body and their pain goes away or has the anesthetic results. It eases their body, their pain. Or maybe I'm just playing with somebody and someone and I'm pressing. They may feel like a laser beam goes inside their body and is cutting through the tissue or shaving the bone or surgery is happening to them. Things like that. So I go back to my normal life for another three weeks. So three weeks of downloads, three weeks of back to life. And then they come back again and they take over. So another three weeks of information downloading. And this time, what they I was told was that my third eye opened up. So now I had the ability of seeing things um, or knowing things or hearing things. Well, one, so this period, these periods that the download is happening, they were not fun. They, they were very extremely painful. They were very, very exhausting. Because, I mean, people may say, wow, that was cool. You know, cool, this is happening. But I didn't feel, to me, it wasn't cool. I hated it because I'm not awake and I'm not asleep. So I'm exhausted. It was complete exhaustion continuously. So at the end of the second download, I had these other abilities. So that gave birth, Elijah, just one moment, I saw your hand. That gave birth to fifth dimensional quantum healing. And uh, that went on for, so then I decided I need to, so, you know, when that happens, simultaneously, 
the entities or the being, you know, now I don't even see these or perceive these entities as my guides or my 5D guides. Now I feel like I've even gone beyond that. I just feel like all entities are one. And this was God's, the, the Her Majesty, the Supreme way of doing it. So because at one point it was like, oh, my guides have told me this or that. But so same as millions of other people who are channeling or they have their guides talking to them. So it doesn't make my guides more special than their guides. And now I realize that there is no my guides or their guides. It's just one guide, basically. That's where I'm at now. And that guide is your guide and everyone else's guide. It's just one, one, one entity. So with different expressions, different tastes, different smell. So the next thing is like all the other avenues of making a living they the door the the streams the ways that i was making money or living everything dried out so all of a sudden i'm in this situation that okay i mean the desires for doing healing work and teaching was very strong but how the hell are you going to make a living from being a healer i mean it's very very difficult even though 10 12 years has gone by this is not an easy path easy way you know, it's much better if you're selling insurance or if you're an engineer or you have a business, you have a coffee shop or it's so much easier or you're selling things online to make a living than being a healer or a spiritual teacher. It's a very tough journey to go through. And I was a businessman prior to that. And it was much easier to make a living from any other things that I did comparing to this. But there was no other way to go. Everything else dried out. Everything else got blocked. And it was like, you are to do this and only this. So then in the meantime, somehow to the grace of God, you know, they, they, they close one door and they open other doors for you. So even though it's very challenging and difficult, but people show up. Angels come on your way and one thing leads to another and and somehow you if you're meant to do it, you keep doing it and somehow you get supported. I don't know how it happens, but it happened. So four or five years went by and um, a friend of mine gave me the idea that you need to have a, a some sort of like an academy or a webinar way of connecting to your people and teaching because I, I had this really deep desire for teaching and giving satsang, spiritual teaching. Besides the healing, during the healing work, I had a strong desire for teaching. So, I so the academy was created and we called it Fifth Dimensional Academy of Higher Consciousness since everything started by these beings, entities identifying themselves as my 5D guides. That's how it started it. And we'll see where it's going to go. Zarathustra. Yes, sir. Hey, I'm sorry if somebody had their hand up. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just was just curious. Do you teach the quantum healing? Do you teach it? 
I was teaching. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, yeah, I was teaching the fifth dimensional quantum healing. I, I created a healing school and I was teaching five levels of it and certifying my students, uh, giving certification. And then in 2018 or 19, I lost, I lost my juice for it. So I stopped. Uh, your, your desire or, or your de yeah. desire or. Yeah. Yeah. I lost. It was like, you know, I was like, I don't feel like teaching it. Right. I wanted, I wanted to give satsang. I wanted to do spiritual teaching. So I stopped doing it. And, um, and then the pandemic hit and I wasn't doing it until uh, this fall for the first time in a few years when I, in Germany, I'm teaching the level one of the 5D quantum healing. My uh, organizer in Germany, she was very adamant because I was offering, telling her, okay, we can do this, we can do that. She said, no, 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 no. Uh, people want to come and learn how to become a healer. So she really talked me into it. So I'm, I'm going to do that. Cool. So it's starting, starting to do it. I think I'm going to teach the five, all five levels again in summer. Because if I want to teach the whole thing, I, I need about nine days to teach all five levels. And ba basically the best is to have a retreat. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe I... For four years in a row, I was I had retreats in Sweden in summer around July, and then um, the pandemic happened, and then I had another one this year in Sweden, but I didn't teach the 5D quantum healing. It was 5D quantum awareness. Even though I kind of vowed myself that I'm not going to be doing any hands-on healing on anybody, but I ended up doing working on some of the participants it just <laughs> came out it happened that's cool <laughs> yeah i guess a part of me needed a break from the whole thing because i got to this point it was like what's the point of healing the bodies you know it was like well i'm wasting my time by healing people's bodies uh, why I, not i mean i think i think i think it's somewhat miraculous personally i mean i think that's amazing you know yeah it, it is miraculous i mean i have seen i've witnessed instant healing happen or really some amazing things happen to people in my career which amazed myself too like how did this happen right yeah it's just a part of maybe my own uh path of evolving was it got to a point of like, what's the point? Why am I doing it? This is like an ego trip. I'm trying, I started doubting myself. Is this like Zaratustra? Are you trying to do this so people look at you? It's like, look at me, look at me. I can do this, I can do that. So it was like, eh, I, I, I'm not interested in doing it. I'm interested in liberating human beings, liberating them from the bondage. Why don't I put my my energy into helping people awaken? So then I lost my juice for it. I lost my desire. And now it's kind of like something shifting again. And uh, it's like life is pulling me in that direction again. 
Cool. You know, a part of it was like, also there was like, um, these are my self um, processes, right? It was like, uh, well, if you were real healers, Artustra, then when you put your hands on people, why don't they instantly heal? Or why, you know, more people get healed, you know? So if God wants to heal them and you put your hands on them, why doesn't God heal them? So it was like an internal process. It was like, eh, you know, let's not just do it anymore. You go through phases with yourself. You know, it's natural. You may even doubt your work at some point. Or why am I doing it? What's it for? And then yeah. maybe you get out of it. And then it just starts to pick up again. Yeah, that makes sense. Or you get lazy, you know, like pandemic hits. And uh, the, the first nine months of it, I was working I, I, you know, for a year. I created a program called Life Training Program. A lot of the participants here, they, they participated in it. And then, uh, then for another like nine months or a year, I didn't do anything. I just had my academy. I didn't even do a single healing on anybody. I wouldn't even take any clients to do the life training program with. I wouldn't even accept any appointments. Even if people paid me, I would, I tried to flake out of it. I just couldn't do anything. And then and in last April, March, April, I started having some online courses and somehow my desire for doing what I'm doing came back. And then I had my retreat in Sweden. And then um, it was good because Amir, my office manager, he had to give me a kick in my butt. And uh, it was in summer. He said, Zaratustra, why don't you start going back to Europe and start touring again? You know, it's time for you to go back to work. It's time for you to do what you're doing. And it was like, really? Eh, I'm lazy. I don't really feel like it. And then I was just sitting with it and I realized, you know what? I'm, I'm a lot more happy when I'm really doing, doing this. It, it's, it gives me purpose. It motivates me to wake up in the morning. You know, when I'm busy, when I'm doing what I love to do, is I'm happy. If I don't, I just like start feeling useless. So, so I'm back. Elijah, you had a question? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's gone. I, okay. I, I believe I already know the answers anyhow. So, yeah. Cool. Well, you can ask your question next time. <laughs> so um, I guess we said everything we needed to say. So just be aware. Just be aware of not falling into this trap that your spiritual group is superior to others just put your head down and keep doing the work don't worry about other people or whatever is going on it's distraction all this other stuff is distraction and there's going to be a lot of prejudice pride ego that we're better than them and da, 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 da. and this has been going on throughout the humanity it's not going to take you anywhere you're on the right path you're doing you're doing it the right way because you show up and you're focused so and trust that just trust it and there are days that you don't feel spiritual the days that you don't like yourself you hate yourself you're angry with yourself 
you feel sloppy, you feel overweight, you feel too skinny, you feel ugly, you feel happy, you know, you don't look good, you look good. We're all going to have those days, believe me. Just go through the day, and then again, you just come back to yourself. Or you're going to go through a period that you feel like you lost it, but you always come back. Allow yourself, even if you're going to be lost or not feel good, Allow yourself not to feel good. Don't beat yourself up. You'll come out of it. It's okay. That's part of the path. Thank you for a great webinar, Zerthustra. It was amazing. Thank you. Zerthustra, may I ask you to to finish your sentence? It's you're on the part of the path to... If if the word is not spirituality, then then what would you come to? Well, yeah, I mean, the... You can call it spirituality. I mean, you're destined to come to liberation, to become free. The freedom is to the recognition of you are the one who you're looking for. What what we're all looking for, peace, love, divinity, happiness that we're we're pursuing is here. And, you know, we all have heard that, but we're not feeling it. So it comes to a point that you find yourself, you've gone beyond your mind and you're in this place with yourself that you're very okay with you. You're very okay with whatever your thoughts, your desires, even your anger, your hate, your love. You're very okay with you. You're no longer in this duality that you should be something else. So you come to this acceptance of yourself. And then you just, you tap into this place that, you know, there's like these little tiny, tiny releases of of bliss, but they're just drops. It's not a state, you know, because, you know, you go into deep meditation or you have great sex with your partner or you're having your baby in your arms and you just feel so much love, but it's a state that you're in just this deep blissful state, but then you come back to yourself or you come back to this place that things are bugging you. You know, they're, they're dumping the trash, the trash trucks come making a lot of noise or the neighbor's making noise or neighbor's dog is barking and is bugging you, you come back to this place that you're disturbed again. So you can be in this blissful state and you can come to this hateful, angry state or disturbed state. But it comes to a point that you tap into this place, like there's this release of drops of bliss, but it's continuous, continuously you feel it. It becomes the very background. And any moment that you come out of the busyness of the mind, you keep falling back into this place and it's like, hmm, ah, all is well. It's not a big bang, but it's continuous. So you come to that. And then your quality of life changes. It's very subtle, but you're on that path. You're going in that direction. You just need to cut through a lot of bullshit, which is created with, by your own mind, but you can't just control it. You just have to go through it. And, you know, for a period of time, you need guidance. 
for a period of nine, you need someone who's gone through that path is telling you, no, don't stop, keep coming, keep coming, it's okay. You know, you, you, for a while we all need that, whether it's an internal guidance or external guidance, guidance, you just need that help, encouragement, like don't, you know, or you're confused, you don't know what to do, I'm lost, or I'm going the wrong way, and the guru, the teachers, no, 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 keep coming, keep coming, don't stop, come. So that's only for a period, it's only a short period of time that you need it. Maybe that short, short period of time is 30 years, maybe it's 30 days or three years, but in the span of eternity, it's not a long period of time, it's very short. And then you find your way again, and then you don't need anyone, or maybe you want to go and sit with your teacher, but you don't need it anymore because you already discovered it. But you're on the right path, you're going in the right direction. You've recognized, there's a recognition that you need to go beyond the mind and you need to go to this place, whatever that is, silence, bliss, you got it. You you got a good taste of it. And you get every once in a while, you get a big blast of it. So it's taking you home. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Nice seeing you all. Um, I uh, will be going to Europe. I go to four countries in October from uh, Warsaw, Poland, Hamar, Norway, Stockholm, Sweden, and Frankfurt in Germany. Um, the entire uh, schedule is posted on my website. I, I'm not sure if we have emailed you the schedule or not. I need to talk to Amir about it. Uh, we will send you send out the schedule of the events. Um, if you're in any of these countries and you have a desire to come to one of my events, I hope you, you join me. Love to see you. Uh, also, um, I'm having a retreat in Tulum with my beloved brother, Baramji, and that's going to, uh, it's called Tulum uh, Maya Shaman Retreat, and that's going to be in uh, first week of February. So if you feel like you're inclined to be a part of it, we'd love to have you there. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be transforming. It's going to be powerful. Uh, we're also going to field trips. So you can go on my website and check it out. See if it's for you or not. Uh, my social media pages are Zaratustra 5D. My email is info at Zaratustra.tv. And uh, my website is Zaratustra.tv. I look forward to connecting with you. If you have any comments, please send us an email. Uh, I didn't see your email this morning. I checked our emails, but I didn't see it, Julie. But uh, I'm going to go and look. Maybe I overlooked. So sorry if we didn't get back to you earlier. Nice having you all. Sending you lots of love and light. And I look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Namaste.